That was a that was a new one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have an open hand to to clap and sing. I'm really looking forward to listening back on these on my uh, M50Xs just to get the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like it just it does sound weird compared to like opens. the opens. It, well, it's the opens surprisingly you, different. Right. Well, you lose all sense of noise in the open backs because right, yeah. it just blends into the background. Yeah, or even like, you know, whatever's right. going on in this room or outside our apartment. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but right, there's a reason why you would want to master with closed back. Right, yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I should check on the uh, M40Xs at some point. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> Audio Technica. <laughs> that'd be tight. Uh, that'd hey, be man, cool. Gus and Eddie's podcast got sponsored by... Who's Eddie? Um... Gus Eddie Birdbeck. Yeah, Gus is the... They that, both are comedians. Okay. They do slightly different content, but they both do kind of skits and commentary stuff. They're roommates. Um, <clears throat> Gus is from Wisconsin, shouts out. And then Eddie's from Chicago. But uh, they got sponsored by... Oof, don't Oof. quote me. Someone smarter than me can look this up, and even I could at this point. <laughs> but they got sponsored by Audio Technica. All of their recording gear was provided to them by someone that's exciting Um, yeah no it's really exciting it's pretty cool excuse me okay well i think with that we can get (laughs) episode two kicked off what a what a intro really captivating absolutely listeners so my audio should be better way better i guess my integrated sound card as christoph told me it was terrible complete garbage yeah so seven dollars and 49 cents later with amazon prime shipping we now have a usb sound card yeah that is doing wonders yeah um definitely gonna toss that in the show notes uh i've used it before uh they're they're just really nice it's like a a driverless we we need to talk to some of our professors up here about this because it's a really interesting concept i don't know how it's driverless and it just works it does right it's a sovereign um kind of plug and play little usb sound card little dac kind of thing uh but it has a uh input and it has output and uh it's really 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 cleaned up um paul's audio there uh i had it it works on mint um it works on mac works on windows yeah it's just um, worked out of the box yeah out of the box with everything crazy, yeah. no drivers needed literally plug it it's the most pl- it's the truest plug and play device i've ever owned a lot of devices that I have that are called plug and play still end up trying to fetch and find a uh, driver, but this has really been uh, very pleasant to use. Um, comes with like a little USB cable extender, um, and I can even use my shotgun mic for my um, camera with it now. So I'll play around with some audio stuff for that when I record um, episodes of like a of uh well that that those will come uh it's something else it's a video formatted stuff but it'll help it'll help a bunch um but today uh we're going to kind of go over some linux issues that i've had so far uh after we've got everything installed i have been using mint exclusively since the install um except for about 20 minutes which i'll cover shortly (laughs) And some interesting stuff that has happened um, since. Um, so I guess starting, one of the first issues that I encountered was an internet connection. I went to campus after the install and uh, I was trying to connect to our network, uh, which is secured, obviously. And you have to log in with your student credentials. Uh, and it would, I would select it, it would just say it was connecting, but then never prompt me for any type of creds or anything and just kind of loop back around. So eventually I just went into network connections. I added a new one manually with the SSID, <laughs> manually punched in all of my stuff, and then uh, still nothing. Um, so I was referencing the connection that my phone was using to try to see what kind of security that the network needed. Um, and on my phone, it was using dynamic WEP 802.1X. So that's what I selected when I was managing a new network connection and put in my credentials uh, and nothing. It would actually get so far as to try to connect, 
prompt me with a uh, modal pop-up that said, please input your credentials. And I would input it and it would kind of maintain that loop forever without actually connecting me to the network. So that was pretty frustrating. About 25 minutes into trying this, I just ended up using WPA2 and then it just worked. So it was very confusing. Yeah, um, you have to use PEAP, right, to connect to it. That's yes. what I had to do yes. previously. Yes. So right, when I'm when you're using WPA2, you do have to use PEAP, uh, PAP, I guess, because uh, there is PEP. PEAP. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh, so yeah. PEAP is an 802.1. The protected extensible authentication protocol. Yeah. Slam this Wikipedia article in the description. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not necessarily a network security expert, nor would I understand uh, kind of how how the different security protocols function. But it was certainly an interesting issue um, where it just wasn't connecting me out of the box, so that was kind of funky. Um, but alas, it is what it is. The uh, second one, which was much more detrimental, that just happened to me yesterday, <laughs> was very problematic. Yeah. Uh, I was having an issue. I, I kept my machine up for probably too long, theoretically. Uh, I launched Audacity to do some other recording. Um, and then it would say that I had another instance of Audacity running and then... You know, I, I list, listed all my processes, found one, and uh, killed it, um, relaunched it, and it gave me the same prompt, and it kind of continued to freak out uh, and kind of do that in an infinitesimal loop. Um, so I restarted my machine, and when I restarted my machine, a uh, hard restart, by the way, not a soft, and I restarted my machine, I got to my login prompt, I would type in my password, it would drop to the shell and then return me to the login screen, which was pretty hard. Uh, and then I, I really didn't know what to do. I kind of started freaking out. It was frustrating at the very least. So after some quick Googling, trying to figure out, um, you know, what could the issue possibly be? What have other people done to solve this? There were definitely some very interesting workarounds, some people modifying certain config files to change login settings and whatnot. Um, I booted into recovery mode, tried to clear some space with the integrated tools that they had. Uh, then I just ended up getting so frustrated as to just do it from um, TTY1, I just, you know, dropped from the GUI and did that instead. And then I tried to do StartX and StartX got upset. Um, but the biggest hint that should have given me to the solution was over the weekend, I was trying to update um, some of my apps and it would not work. So sudo apt-get update would fail. And I was just figuring that maybe it was a bad connection because I was in a weird place. Uh, maybe it was just some packages that weren't playing nice with my uh, OS. But alas, all of it, including this login issue, turned out to be I ran out of space. Ran out of space on root, which is the problem. So when I created the partition, we created a 25 gigabyte partition for root and I created a 65 gigabyte partition for my home. And uh, I did some snapshots on boot to save a couple just to have, uh, you know, clean install backups just in case I wanted to fall back, wipe everything uh, and start afresh. I'd have just a quick backup to do that without having to reinstall. And uh, those were taking up a lot of space. That's not too shocking, but I had multiple copies of the same backup, not only in the on boot. I think I had one in, I had two on boot, two on weekly, and two on monthly. So it was triple redundancy on an unnecessary scale. And each one was about seven gigabytes. Uh, now, math doesn't completely add up there because it didn't end up taking all of those snapshots um, completely. And so 
But the point is, I, I ran out of space. And uh, I only realized this um, way too late. Uh, and I, and, <laughs> and then uh, I deleted them and thought I had remedied my issue. Uh, but I realized that they only moved them to trash. And since I was still on TTY1, I tried to empty trash by RMFing. So like RMRF and getting rid of all of the directories I could. Now what that does is it drops <laughs> it drops it into uh, dot trash zero, which is actually a trash bin for like the root itself. So not belonging to any user or anything else, it belongs to root. Um, so then I was still having the same issue and I had to delete those. Um, but it was quite the endeavor and it took it took all in all probably about an hour and a half to diagnose and remedy the issue, um, trying a bunch of different stuff. But after I remedied it, it's been working perfectly, which is lovely. Uh, I just felt very silly uh, running out of space and then uh, yeah. not being able to log in because it couldn't create whatever uh, session files it needs to to uh, let me log in. So Are you still, still running the backups and the snapshots? I Yes, I did recreate a snapshot now of my system all set up, uh, but I realized that I can put the snapshots on my home directory. Um, or just move them to an external drive. Correct. That's interesting. But How the, do they, what's the format that they give them to you in? I don't. It's just like a folder that's dated something, and inside that folder is a bunch of garbage that mm -hmm. I never really uh, bothered to look okay. intently at, but I'm sure it's some type of crazy config files and whatever else that they can unpack and re redo. Um, but the, uh, the issue, my initial issue truly was when I was creating the snapshots, it let me select root or my home drive. To I put them in? Correct. Well, but the thing mm -hmm. was, that's interesting. I didn't realize that it was to put them in I thought it was saying, which do you want to take a snapshot of? So I selected my root directory because why would I, unless I have terabytes of extra space, take a snapshot of my home directory, which I could if I have, or I, I plug in my external drive. It'd be nice to have just like a backup of all my documents and everything else. But uh, it was, it was very uh, uh ambiguous and kind of confusing at first but i think it really just comes down to a rtfm situation where uh <laughs> if i just read the what does this actually do i could have avoided the whole thing but uh so i see notes here about pseudo tack i instead of su what, yes. what was that about i'm not familiar with the the i flag for i was not either so um during my frustrations on running some Trying to get into the root trash directory, I could not. So I'm not sure if you know this. I did not beforehand. Oh, but it's I for interactive or for the login, it looks like. Yes. That's weird. Okay. So if you do sudo cd to try to elevate your permissions and then get into a directory, it doesn't let you. I did sudo cd slash dot trash zero because I was already in the root and I just needed to make my way into this trash folder. And then it would say sudo cd command not found. And it would just not let me do it. So I tried to then become the super user. So I did su. And then I tried to log in, but I realized that I never had set a password for it. I never set it up. Um, as far as I thought, I thought uh, because I'm the only user and I set no, the thing up. There's always a root one too. Correct. Yeah. Right. I Which is didn't the... realize that was part of the setup. Interesting. Which right. file system did you end up choosing for the setup process? Was it ZFS? Because I, I remember, I should know this. This is part of one of the early episodes, but it wasn't ButterFS. It was, mm. was it ZFS? I think it, it could have been. I don't so. recall either. We could listen back and figure yeah. out what it was. But, uh, but anyway, the pseudo... Um, sudo i essentially brings you to a root permissions command line if you run that it seems and someone sure i'm positive can correct me at this uh, 
feel free to email. We don't have an email set up at gmail.com. It seemed functionally equivalent to SU. Yeah, they do slightly different things. I wish I was more familiar with the intricacies of them. Agreed. But Um, it dropped me to a root command line that that I had all the permissions I needed to get into that directory and and rewipe everything, which was nice. It's weird that you're getting a command not found thing, though. That's really weird. Very. Because it should still write. Like, it's just one of the default binaries that are like cd is just a thing that exists on yeah. essentially every system yeah that's really weird it is very odd yeah. it was odd so it took me a little bit to figure out yeah and then i i went down the su rabbit hole for a little bit where i was like well i don't remember what my password is i tried my system my um account password and then i tried no password uh i tried password and you know after I exhausted that, I contacted, or not contacted, I consulted some Ubuntu forums to figure it out. Cause it was was really, it the Stack Exchange for Ask Ubuntu? No, I think it was just like a, okay. like a full-blown Ubuntu forum. It was just whatever came up in the top 10 results for Google and went through a couple of those. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a really interesting issue, I would say. Other than the outlined issues, the uh, running out of storage, which is user error and the uh internet connection error it's been going great i would definitely say it's been going super great so linux is you know in those two facets certainly a tinkerer's operating system it is definitely not designed for uh, wide public use and i'm sure some hardcore users out there will will are angrily shaking their fists at us and saying it's not that hard or or it totally is viable as a widely distributed software but uh i don't know it's just no one wants to deal with that ask your mom ask your dad ask your uncles ask people you know that aren't involved in 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 the technological world no one even wants to update their fucking drivers no one knows how to update their own drivers no one wants to deal with that Squarespace's whole selling thing is there's no reason to patch, install, or upgrade anything ever. Squarespace, please sponsor us. Uh, we just want to buy a domain. <laughs> yeah, right. We just need a, a hosted domain. For our uh, email, too. Avocado.fm would be really nice. Oh, no, you told it. Now someone's going to take say, it. Someone's oh, no. going to take it and sell it back to us. <laughs> Well, honestly, at that point, we know we have a super fan, so yeah, yeah, maybe super. I'll be willing to toss you a couple bucks, but probably not. I'm not willing to pay you anything. We're broke fucking college students. I, I, I don't want to pay you money. Oh. Um, there's a reason we're begging for sponsors. We want to keep the lights on. <laughs> I'd rather buy food than host a domain at this point yeah, is the, no, is the idea. Yeah. Um, but any hooves. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Linux... Mint's been treating me well. Other yeah, than that. I remember talking to you offline briefly about um, you using the Signal uh, desktop app on on Linux, and I didn't realize you were doing that. It seems yeah. to be working fine. Yeah, as per our typical conversations yeah. go, you type in pretty quickly, and yeah, it seems to. I guess Electron apps are usually like that they uh, just work pretty much the same pseudo electron app i'm not sure if it is i oh, yeah we could just know, look at their yeah, repo sig- signal.org let's check out yeah. the old their github page yeah yeah so this um, is going to be the first of many tangents for this episode because we really only wanted to cover kind of like how linux has been so far for me um and the minor issues that i've run into kind of post setup first two episodes oh yeah it's an electron application oh yeah signal desktop is an electron application that links with signal on android or ios well that makes sense if you wrote it once why write it more kind of deal so that's pretty neat um but yeah we just wanted to cover post install how have things been have there been any um breaking issues which there have been one um but other than that, it's been great. Uh, we mentioned in the first episode, I believe, that we were having that very weird um, uh, video issue with these machines uh, where it would kind of cycle through bright to, to not. And then show the windows yeah, it was thing a, yeah. in the background. Hard to describe exactly. I, 
right? Very weird. Very weird. But it hasn't cropped back up nope. yet? Yeah, it's been stable since, which Cross has been stellar. Yeah. Knock on. Right. This is particle board, I think. Yeah, I don't know. There's knock wood some, inside there. Yeah, I there's guess. some wood somewhere. There's, there's Hopefully wood it doesn't fibers. come back, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't, we can talk, I'd say, before we talk about what we did couple days ago we can talk about signal for a little bit i'd be down yeah so signal uh signal.org is essentially uh i mean end-to-end encryption messages really so you download the client on your phone is kind of the way that i got started you can import all your contacts all your messages and it's pretty flawless um, and the upshots that I would say for me personally out of the box is it works on Wi-Fi, um, just using it by default. And then the video calls are very high quality. Super. I personally use those with Christoph here. And then you also get the, um, desktop client, which allows you to message, uh, other people using signal from your desktop. Yeah. So um, the, I'd say the fast and short is. Signal will replace your current messaging application. So uh, it's mostly popular in Android or security conscious users because uh, there's end-to-end encryption, which is super stellar. And you have um, like keys that you can verify in person. So like I could look at my key with Paul and see that they match up to know that there is no possibility of a man in the middle, which is super cool. the reason I, I don't really include iOS, though it is on there, I have found most iOS users to be uh, very into iMessage. And or even, it, like, even like WhatsApp, for instance. Sure. I've seen that before, too. Because I guess that also has the web client, and I don't know a lot about WhatsApp, but I do believe they have some degree of end-to-end encryption. They have encryption. So, I'm just not sure how that all rolls in with Facebook owning the right. company. WhatsApp is definitely interesting due to their relationship with Facebook. And by relationship, I mean ownership. Um, WhatsApp is way, way bigger in the international um, space. Um, I, I know there's definitely plenty of people that use it in America. But uh, like I think I just read about this dealing with Brazil's election. But... I think they said something insane, like, I think 90% of internet users in Brazil are on WhatsApp. Yeah, I've like, heard that's some pretty crazy numbers. Just pretty insane. You can use it without having an, a, a data connection on your cell phone. You can use it from a internet connection exclusively, along with you get the desktop slash um, like uh, web application yeah. clients that allow you to do stuff. Right. The thing that I also would interested to look about uh, tele- Telegram, Telegram, Telegram is something different. Another yeah. messaging application all that I believe similar has. Stuff. I don't. It says it's still encrypted. You can do the self-destructing sure. messages. Um, they have all the kind of web clients, desktop clients, yeah. phone clients. I'm not sure how it stacks up against Signal. Sure. Um, I wonder if it's open source too. It that may would be, be huge because Signal's also Signal open is. Source. Yes. I've heard good things about Telegram. I personally have no reason to make the It'll switch. Be, it all right. works fine. I don't need more applications in my yeah. life unless yeah, yeah. you know they serve a very niche purpose. But yeah. yeah. So to loop back around to Signal and that kind of plug, is. Uh, Signal is just great because it works pretty seamlessly. Like I can text my parents who don't have Signal and who are just using normal SMS and MMS. But then I can also um, contact people in the same application that are using Signal. And there's some very clear ways of letting you know, um, like it'll say send Signal message instead of send message. Or it'll say, like it'll have a little lock icon next to the phone. So like I'll know that I'm doing an encrypted call versus an unencrypted stuff. Um, certainly the downside and kind of matching this back up again with the iMessage uh, kind of parallel is that you need people to be adopting this. So WhatsApp has a huge adoption. So like if you know you have a pal that's on WhatsApp or a bunch of people that are on WhatsApp, it's easy. WhatsApp is kind of like a weird social media-ish kind of approach to a messaging service. 
Um, definitely, again, though, something that I don't really understand because we're just not around it a whole lot. But Signal is really nice. Um, I always advocate its use to anyone and everyone. Um, I'd say the hardest users to get on Signal are um, people that are on iMessage just because they typically are, are in the Apple family enough where their laptop is a Mac, their phone is a iPhone, and then they can just pretty seamlessly use iMessage, FaceTime, and all of their integrated services on all of their devices, which certainly is nice. Um, but for those who don't have them, it's basically like, hey, is your SMS app doing anything special or spectacular? Probably not. Do you want right, to do yeah. something that's way better and that doesn't use your um, mobile data in the same way as far as I can connect to Wi-Fi uh, if I don't have signal otherwise and I can send Paul a large photo and not have to worry about um, it using any of my mobile data like 4G or 3G um, connections. I can make a call without minutes. Uh, there, yeah, it certainly serves some good um, cases for those who might have limited texting or limited uh, minutes, um, but maybe a more flexible data plan or are in a situation where they are predominantly connected to Wi-Fi, which I would say is a lot of users, especially if you're living in a more uh, densely populated area where there are things like cafes or libraries or your house or wherever you may be that you might be connected to the, the internet. One downside certainly is the desktop client does not support calling or video chatting yet. Um, there are a couple um, feature requests on the GitHub page for it. So I'm, I'm positive that it will uh, be there eventually. If you want to contribute, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, so I guess just to wrap this up real quick, I've been doing a little bit of Googling on the side here while Christoph uh, chats away. No, it's all very <laughs> relevant stuff. And I think the word that I kind of want to throw in here is privacy versus security. Yes. And really that signal is the most privacy-oriented in the fact that they store as little as possible about you, whereas something like WhatsApp or Telegram. Um, WhatsApp does use the same, uh, from my understanding, the, the, the same encryption kind of algorithm protocol kind of stack that signal uses as far as the one that uh, the, the open whisper systems with his company that mm -hmm. that they developed however they store more information more information about you same thing with telegram so while they're both inherently uh secure you might have more friends on them which is all a great thing signal is objectively the most privacy oriented one as far as the least amount of data stored about you and then really for me personally, it was just an infinitely better client to use on my phone. Absolutely. Just hands down, yes. like I was like, I'm 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 losing nothing out of this. I'm gaining so much. Correct. It's just way better. Yep. Um. So it was a no-brainer for me personally. Um, just making the switch. Yeah, that's exactly why I got it. Cause my yeah my, um, stock messaging app, which actually before my current phone was like an LG flavored something or another, was. Just not doing anything special. Yeah, mine was the stock Android one. Even it was fine, I guess. But I was but just simply like, Signal's fine. even better somehow. Yes. I was just like, wow, there's nothing bad about this. Like yes. I'm not. It was genuinely like five minutes later, I was done, yep. and I haven't looked back. Yeah, which I can't say a lot of software is like that no. at all. Right, so exactly. I would strongly in encourage you to take a peek at it. Yeah, in incorporating it to it, I, I use it constantly, daily. I mean, constantly. Right. Um. And the fact that, yeah, I haven't had a single regret with it yet. Um, it's just, it's perfect. I think it's just a perfect software solution. Um, really, it's free, open source. There's literally no barrier of entry. You don't need to be a security expert to understand or use it. It's truly something that sits in front and just works. Um, like, like, get your parents on this, try it out yourself. Um, anyone and everyone that you know get it on just because like it it just works perfectly i, I think it's the other than the, <laughs> this driverless sound card i would say it's the closest to it it just works thing that i've had yet that i've truly enjoyed enough to advocate for it
right on 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 the daily just yeah. you know trying to convince constantly you know, funny but it's like you know because i've been in enough situations where i don't really have a you know data connection my service isn't really there but wireless easy peasy a wi-fi yeah so that, to, 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 to yeah. specify you mean a cell connection right my you cellular service correct zero bars as correct. they say yes however you're on, on wi-fi right which and then right i then can works, communicate which is great right Especially, I would say, the perfect, I actually have a friend that's more north than us that I've tried to convince to get on signal because they rarely have a cell connection, but they have Wi-Fi at the camp that they're staying at. Um, And so, like, the only messaging service that they use that's Wi-Fi is Snapchat. I've heard of that person. Which is, yes. Like, it's it's not incorrect, it's not wrong, but if you get something that can... You can still use it for SMS and MMS. However, you get the benefits of your own signal. Yeah. I'm on signal. Right. Wi-Fi. Right. Cool. The Wi-Fi being the biggest right. one. Right. So. Right. Snapchat is an imperfect medium. For doing. Of, for messaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not that anything that we message each other is really important or needs to be longer than just a brief like, oh, cool. Or right. like, that's what I'm doing. Neato. But uh, certainly as far as just like a a more robust service for them to use across the board with their friends, family and beyond, uh, it's like pretty hard to say no to, especially when uh, that use case is very real. I have no bars, but I have Wi-Fi. Um, But cool. After plugging uh, after plugging that for quite a while, I think talking more about some uh, mobile device stuff. I own a Google Pixel 2 that I just got recently off eBay after my old LG G4 uh, boot looped infinitely. Um, For those who don't know, boot looping just means it would go up to the splash screen and then die and then just kind of do that forever, which was pretty, uh, I'm not going to lie, pretty shitty. It just comes about kind of on its own, and it's because one of the, uh, I think, the SOC system onboard chip, uh, like, desolders itself. This has been an issue in a lot of LG devices, ranging back from actually the 5X, which Paul so graciously lent to me for a couple months while I was uh, waiting for the Pixel 3 to launch. Ironically, my first 5X boot loop too. Correct. So the circle just goes yeah, around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. I had a I had a G3 before I had my G4, which boot looped. And uh, then I foolishly was like, well, maybe the G4 will be better. And then it boot looped. Uh, and then I used another LG device for a couple months in hopes that it wouldn't, uh, it would hold out long enough. And it did, which was stellar. Uh, and then the, the 5X was my first dabble into stock Android since I've been a smartphone user, which was a good time. Uh, hardware was old enough where running Android 8.0 definitely could get sluggish. Um, some very heavy apps like Snapchat would be very, very uh, laggy and kind of buggy. But uh, it was a pretty good experience overall. But where I'm building up to is the camera. So the 5X didn't have like the best shooter out there. But for some nature shots that I went outside and I took, they were pretty good. It was pretty great. Some of them were even unsplash worthy when I went to um, took some pictures of some mushrooms and some great fall leaves and so on. But uh, I upgraded the Pixel 2 after the Pixel 3 came out because, you know, they started going for dirt cheap on uh, on eBay. So I snagged a seemingly brand new inbox uh, Pixel 2 from a uh, pretty serious um, tech seller wasn't a private party like their whole store online was selling phones and other you know small tech devices but i picked it up for 300 bucks which i would consider a steal um, big thing was i didn't want to sign a contract with a cell phone provider i wanted a phone for sub 500 dollars, but i am on verizon and at the time uh, oneplus did not offer any phones that worked on Verizon's proprietary CDMA network, um, or not proprietary, excuse me, but licensed. And um, OnePlus makes sense. They're a budget phone company, a small, smaller company, didn't want to pay for the licensing. Um, so yeah, I got the Pixel 2 and the camera. I never really believed it. People 
oh gsm sorry yes cdma paul just pulled up the verizon um uh, I don't. I guess I don't really know what to call it, but they're bands. No, no, no. AT and T uses GSM. Oh, uh, oh CDMA man. is Code Division Multiple Access, which is just a fancy way of saying kind of how the the network itself, in terms of the access between all the devices, is kind of divvied up. Um, code division, just how it's divided among, and then the multiple access refers to the clients connecting at once. Yeah. Um, I wish I could give. We should click that feedback button for the Google thing because that uh, that uh, down in the bottom right. So uh, where Google will provide you their little uh, summary blurb on the right hand side of your web results can be very useful sometimes. But this one was very um, very uh, challenging because the title said Verizon uh, GSM instead of CDMA, but in the little box, it says that it uses CDMA. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, the point being, I finally got a new phone. Uh, the camera is beyond fantastic. I, I, I listened to many a, a review beforehand and everyone's like, oh, it's the best cell phone camera on the market. And some people going so far as to being like, oh, it still beats out the iPhone 10 or X or whatever, and some people are going even farther to say it, it beats out the new iPhone 10s or whatever. It's all kind of starts to break down into subjectivity. Even objective stuff like DxO Mark is kind of bad because you can just game the system since you know uh, what they're testing. A perfect example of that is the Huawei P20, I think. They just basically built a camera around the DxO Mark tests to tout the highest DxO Mark score out there. But when you look at the photos, it's very clear between image processing and otherwise that there are some pretty stark differences. But but one of the most interesting things that they kind of unveiled when the Pixel 3 was being unveiled was something that Google calls Night Sight. And it's their low light mode um, for their cameras. Now there is a um, pre-release version available on XDA, which is a uh, popular Android rooting and otherwise uh, modifying forum that actually includes the night site in uh, the camera package. So Google released some camera update and someone uh, took a look at the code and it found out that one of the flags for night sight was there. It was just turned off. So it was just set to zero. So they set it to one and re-released it and signed it. <laughs> That's just such a classic. Yeah, no, it's a classic. Right. Oh my God. Put the feature in, but <laughs> don't like, turn it on. Right, and it's just like somebody's like, oh, uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I got to give it a shot over this weekend. And I got to say, I was pretty impressed. Uh, low light on it before was was not too bad um but these with the night sight you can like i mean you can you can take very 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 dark photos like i'm talking uh night sight isn't a stretch of term and they come out very crisp um uh, we were in a very very dark uh street i took a photo of a car a vehicle that was sitting on the side of the street and it, it came back uh, crisp and very light. So to kind of briefly cover the technology without getting too much into it, it's uh, the ooh, buzzword time, computational photography, but it essentially takes like a burst of a lot of photos at a slow shutter speed and then kind of overlays each, and I'm sure incrementally, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure incrementally upping the exposure on each and then uh, kind of taking an average of that but the results are pretty damn impressive yeah for about being too much noise which i think is kind almost of where the, no noise which right, is a it huge takes thing. a little bit longer to take the photo given Slightly. the processing time but sure and the fact that it's taking multiple, multiple and then has to combine them together but yeah it's surprisingly little noise and almost none i don't know it's a, I, it's a I pretty great feature you know super just kind great. of adding to the Let's say utilitarian usefulness of absolutely cell phone the, the, cameras. Yeah, like yeah. as a 
media device and being able to produce content and yeah. just like it's this fully featured thing that's in your pocket and that's awesome yeah super awesome especially if you're paying a premium for it i had someone uh, talk or uh someone was talking to me a while ago a couple of weeks ago about like come on man why are you trying to take photos with your phone you should just use you know if you're gonna do that you should just buy a camera or whatever and I, and I I understand where they're coming from. I do own a separate camera where I do do some more serious photography with because it gives me a larger sensor, um, just crispier images, uh, focal length being the number one thing that's really useful, not having to rely on digital zoom, but I can use optical zoom of many different focal lengths. But uh, I was just trying to, my point was, well, for a lot of consumers they are paying Oh God, at this point, some are paying $1,000 for something to have in their pocket. So at that point, it better do it all. And it better do it all pretty damn incredibly. And they're really kind of starting to reach that point, which is pretty stellar. Um, but yeah, Night Sight was really cool. I'll have to play around with it some more. And I'm excited to see what it's going to be in the final official launch from Google. But I took a raw photo because I added that into the um, the legitimate uh google app or google camera app i took a raw photo uh and punched it up a little bit with the exposure and try to get some generally eyeballing it equivalent lighting and the noise even in the light areas just the noise rendered it almost entirely useless it, it was just too much and it just was a very muddy uh very imperfect photo but the night sight Zooming in on text, which is actually one of the biggest uh, kind of indicators for me of of its qualities. I took a picture of a very dimly lit uh, brewery board and uh, it got everything very crisply and without any noise, which is pretty incredible. And that's, I think, a perfect segue into the uh, experience that we had, where we went and what we did. Um, that brewery that I took the photo of was... It was Ordox, right? Ordox. Yeah, so this past weekend we uh, traveled to Marquette, Michigan, which, looking up on Wikipedia here, is the largest Michigan... In, or the largest, Jesus, the largest, the largest, city, <laughs> the largest city in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Um, it all, it had, it's a college town, Northern Michigan University. Um, and we were there for really, I'd say, three primary things, uh, biking, beer, and food. Probably yes. necessarily in that order, I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. So uh, you want to start out with biking, beer, or food, Christoph? Well, let's I, kick it off with uh, beer, I think. Okay. We kind of started talking about Ordox. I don't want to transition too far away uh, That'd be good. from yeah. that. So that was, uh, oh, man... A really neat little i guess they had live music just kind of a standard little bar they didn't really have the only food they had was free popcorn but they had a nice beer cool. selection and just a ton of stickers which i just love that aesthetic because it's like you know somebody can just roll in there with any random sticker slam it on there so i'm seeing you know stickers from places that i've been um breweries that i've you know drank their beer at and it's just it's, it's a pretty great kind of i would say i don't know interior decor if you can really call it that i think i think it technically counts yeah yeah i'd say but yeah i mean the place was pretty rad uh paul and i are both very into uh craft beer um so it was certainly a kind of a stop we're definitely in the place for it as far as the midwest goes um pretty popping in general for craft beer michigan specifically has what i would consider um probably the best craft beer i've ever had uh stuff like shorts probably being not oh, only man, the shorts most are just another great because you can go to bel-air you can go yeah. biking you can yeah. go to that shorts have some food have some beer yeah it's ideal yeah yeah there's and that's that's what seems to be uh oh those steins are really cool sorry to disjoint that too quickly but <laughs> the 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 those oh these, yeah insulated oh stanley insulated stein that's pretty cool i have to toss that in the uh, episode description as well but um it seems to be pretty common a lot of places with some outdoor activities um including out west colorado oregon and so on and so washington um they kind of seem to get it michigan when there's when there's places around they kind of kind of all seem to have this common idea of oh okay we're gonna go bike we're gonna go shred we're gonna go do stuff 
we're going to hike even. We're going to just be in the outdoors. You know what goes really well with that is some beer. And uh, I, it's pretty incredible to be around that, which is which is awesome. Shorts, I would definitely say, easily my favorite, most experimental and best brewery I've ever been to. Uh, and even the stuff that they distribute still top notch, very stellar. Um, what other breweries? I mean, we've got Founders down farther in GR, which is excellent. Founders Bells is in Kazoo, yeah. Uh, Bells is in yeah. Bells is in Kalamazoo. Um, you got a ton of hard hitters. There's, there's got to be one in Ann Arbor that I can't think of. Um, but anywho. Then even in the UP, you got like a handful, which is shocking for a sparsely populated place. Right. Compared to the rest of the state. Correct. So yeah, like super far north, you have Brickside, kind of where we're around, you have KBC. um, Which is the Keweenaw Brewing Company. The Keweenaw being the name for the kind of, within the upper peninsula, it's the uh, other peninsula (laughs) that kind of that kind of extends points sort of i would say northeast yeah, yeah. points towards canadia and it kind of extends out in the lake superior um and then in marquette you've got ordox and you have black rocks black which rocks is another is place super cool i'm definitely super gonna toss cool. their website along with their shop in here they please. have some pretty great swag please do um it was just a really uh they're in kind of this old house um as far as that's like that's where you go to drink beer that's their pub it's just like this old house that they uh, sort of, I would say, kind of renovated a bit to, to maybe fit some more people. But it just had a really great atmosphere. Uh, very, very solid beer. Super um, solid beer. Yeah. There are any IPA, the uh, Fruity Noops, which is a great name, by the way. Always <laughs> Beer names are always top notch. <laughs> yeah. um, but Fruity Noops is a, a, any IPA was super great. Um, Jack said it was the best ipa he's ever tasted which just means that he's got to get into some more hazy stuff oh no (laughs) some any ipas and some really good stout there too super the what was that oh no it was their seasonal um winter stout which was great i gotta say the stout at ordox was better though obviously oh i have to say it was a it was a nitro stout cherries chocolate and coffee chocolate and coffee are obviously pretty standard for most stouts but the cherries really set it off it's definitely interesting seeing cherries this far north usually based something more around like traverse city like oh, the whole yeah. grand traverse area because they have the cherry festival right the cherry traverse Republic. is about cherries right so i was pretty surprised to see it this far north and uh yeah it was devil's drum nitro which was ah, super go. good clocked in at nine percent so that That's was pretty hefty yeah for a beer yeah, yeah not any barrel age stuff that i would typically enjoy uh, that clock in at some insane numbers which i won't even mention uh <laughs> but stuff like founders will kick out um lizard of cause which is probably one of my favorite beers of all time uh, and i think that's got to be like 12 percent at least at that point you're really kind of getting into borderline wine territory just because that abv is pretty intense um but yeah i know beers was excellent and it was a great reward for uh getting out and biking which is definitely i'd say the next direction that the we can talk about topic yeah so marquette has a couple of pretty major trail systems around it the one in particular that we went to was the uh they call it the south trail um it has a, a name Nequamanon, maybe i'm probably butchering that i maybe. should really know I but know. uh um we had this really great loop um i went on trail forks mapped it out it came to 10.7 miles um it was probably a little over two hours worth of riding uh really great scenery um definitely towards the end a lot of downhill uh just a really really awesome loop probably the best it's probably the longest i've ridden at least sustained and probably the best riding i've done so far in terms of mountain biking nice um just uh yeah how varied the trails were it was a lot of technical stuff a lot of roots a lot of rocks and just especially towards the ends a lot of really flowy parts that Mm. um just (laughs) you know i can't kind of end up back in the parking lot and you're like hell yeah yeah just uh, smiling on the face it's great yeah Yeah, it's awesome and then Oh. <laughs> yeah the, the trails were i would definitely say i've i've ventured north um once to go to copper harbor which has some like i mean just like national it's like yeah like 
world renowned almost because they yeah. worked with the uh, imba the international mountain biking association to like get those built so it's kind of this like really unique just it's so far north it's so remote and it's also a pretty challenging area to build on because it's so rocky yeah so a lot of the i mean they have cross-country trails downhill trails um and they're all uh, pretty challenging and just a lot of fun um yeah the rocky parts are certainly what i ran into <laughs> on the trail that i went on yeah so very very technical mountain biking um, but beyond that, these, these Marquette trails were in my recollection, uh, I would definitely say more technical, at least longer. The loop we did again, being 10.7 right, miles. Sustained technical, especially yeah. on the climb up. Ooh. Um, a lot of, you know, they were, when it's like, oh, here's a rock garden pod by some mud, maybe some roots and you're trying to climb all that and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it was it was just a i mean it was also impressive because we didn't I don't, we didn't touch any trails that were technically black but they were plenty challenging a lot of those yeah. blues were like wow i mean you know yeah i mean and there's, there was like some double blacks in that trail system too and that'd be pretty intense Intensive. to try out well we watched uh bkxd yeah bkxc um, xc yeah who's a, a youtuber that uh you know just does a lot of mountain biking and uh he he, he rode part of the loop that we ended up doing along with some way more challenging technical trails and it's just way more yeah he rode some of those those black diamond super ones. super chunky Insane. you don't know where the trail is not like uh well <laughs> yeah right uh yeah well it was a commit or eat shit was yeah that... commit or eat shit that's such yeah. a i should need to, good, get the, need to get that i need to get that on the fr- frame the yes. sticker or something. something i mean it's just a, and then even you can make the joke that it's you know like forget too you know it's it's really like a multi-layered kind of meme definitely can be yeah right yeah but uh like a lot of the yeah a lot of the stuff was tacky if you didn't really know where your pedals were at or kind of what line you wanted to choose going into it you're going to biff or you're going right, to fall yeah. or you're going to at least have to step off your bike. Uh, I broke my toe probably at this point, I think close to eight weeks ago. Yeah, it's been about two months, I'd say. Yeah, probably just probably about there, eight yeah. weeks. Yeah. But um, I broke it mountain biking, pretty much shattered it. Big toe on my left foot. So like it put me out of commission for even walking for for two weeks, probably. Uh, doctor's recommendation should have been more than that. Um, but uh I only went mountain biking one other time since at our our home trails, which was a good experience, but certainly nerve wracking in the paranoia sense that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to re-injure a toe that's just in the middle of healing uh, and and re-injuring something that's broken would be a pretty bad time. So there are definitely plenty of sections that I ended up walking for for, uh, saving my toe as my cranks uh, almost touched the ground. Or I think um, that's also the the problem with your your, your my rear, rear suspension. Just yeah, not really doing the things. Definitely. that's always compressed at that. No, my bike doesn't fit me necessarily. It's a couple of centimeters short. Um, I don't think that's so. Thinking about this, right? Like, I'd rather be on a slightly smaller bike agreed. than a slightly larger. Because at least you can have it. It's not a maneuverable, yes, right? It's I not mean, a boat, you, right, right? Correct. And then I, I would just. I mean, we we're both riding twenty-six inch tires. I'd be interesting to see. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we were riding with another person for the duration of this, um, and they're on a uh, uh, like a REI hardtail, twenty-seven and a half inch. Um, twenty-seven and a half plus, right? Because they were two point six. Were they? Twenty twenty. So they're twenty-seven point five. The diameter of the with the width two point eight inch wide. Two point eight. They're, they're mid, yeah. So they're the, two point. Yeah. So mid mid fat tires. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Cause you get. I mean, that's theoretically like another essentially inch of ground clearance. Th- least, theoretically, depending on the frame geometry, correct. the crank arms, and everything, Definitely. but just being able to roll over some stuff yeah. and yeah, yeah. not do those kind of half-ass shimmy pedals where yeah. you're trying to climb up something and you're like, ah, if yeah. I smash my pedal. I mean, there was a couple of times where. You know, pedal catches like a rock or a root, and you're right. like, it just gets dislodged, and you're like, oh no. Right. Um, I inherited this bike from a friend who uh, basically almost gave it to me on the condition that just like I fix it because there was some some severe issues with it. Again, with the crank arms, right? That crank was like arms were essentially yeah. like the, the whole bottom bracket was Correct. a little bit not the greatest shape. No, the the crank arms were. Uh, destroyed to so like <laughs> I couldn't put. Uh pedals in there so like one was like stripped like pretty hard so i was kind of hoping they could tap it and then like put a reducer in there and then that would just be done um but the shop that i went to a local shop up here um just suggested getting new crank arms 
um, as it would be borderline the same cost and, and whatnot. But the unfortunate thing is that the crank arms that they did put on there are a little bit longer. So they stick down a little bit more. Um, so with pedals and the fact that my rear suspension seal went bad, um, so it's just completely compressed all the time. Uh, you know, I sit pretty, pretty low to the ground, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, alas, it was still a blast. I loved yeah. riding those trails. The flowy parts were some of the most fun I've had uh, on trails, period. Mossy Connector being the ending kind of flow section was so much fun. Um, would love to go back. Um, unfortunately, the season's winding down here, and it's going to pretty much be over. Um, but still, definitely a, a place that, that I would return to. That was an incredible to. place to at least have the opportunity to visit. And, I mean, that, that really made the weekend. I mean, that was just Easily. Kind of the, that's kind of why we went together. there. Together. I mean, that yeah. was, yeah, I was like, you know, I want to go biking. Uh, beer and food's great. Yeah. But the bike, the biking the place that the, I hadn't been before and being able to yeah. get um, a route recommended by somebody who had read the trail system so many times mm -hmm. for a lot of their life really kind of... You're, it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to fail at that point. No, you know? right. right. It's hard to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. The food that we had there was pretty stellar. Um, definitely, especially after riding, I mean, we were all starved, <laughs> uh, hungry. You know, we hadn't eaten since the she morning. Had the nice, like pesto pasta dish, right? Super good. The had place that we went to, Cafe Bodega, after we rode, um, was super awesome. Uh, they had some pretty solid uh, vegan vegetarian options. Um, and wow, even since we went there, they've already updated their website, Paul, literally since this last weekend, they've uh, already updated their website. Uh, what's, what's different about it? Uh, almost all, they actually have the local farm to table kind oh. of section filled out they oh, have cool. some new stuff about their bakery um so yeah so like the the farm to table is really cool um i am all about sustainability i think it's really rad um side note and probably gonna lose some uh, listeners here but i'm also vegan um i've been vegetarian for about a year and then when the school year started i just decided to kick it off and go vegan and it is a plan of mine to continue that going forward more or less indefinitely i i am not really doing it for uh for a, a temporary amount of time so sometimes especially up here in the Yupa, it can be kind of challenging to find some places that are uh accommodating in the sense that i can get a full meal that is actually uh vegan and satisfying uh but cafe bodega killed it they did really well um the other place we went to donkers had vegan options but they were slightly disappointing in the sense that the option was you're getting the same thing, but less. <laughs> uh, a prime example would be the breakfast hash. Um, a common substitute for egg and hash is usually tofu. You could do, would tempeh work too? Anything would work. Yeah, but tofu is just the most common. I yeah, because tempeh is still easily. Yeah, that's a fair. little more yeah. exotic than what kind of the standard, I don't know, protein substitute, if you will. That's fair. Has yeah. been, but... Uh, Tofu, you just crumble it. It's basically just like scrambled eggs at that point. Um, but I asked them, I, I said, hey, do you guys have a substitute there? And they're like, uh, nah. So it just ended up being hash browns and some roasted veggies. And the only other vegan option was like oats, which is a little disappointing when they advertise, when they make a, actually a, a big hoopla. I'm all, I understand it. There's a local cafe up, or a cafe diner thing up here. They don't claim to be anything but a diner, and they're pretty old school. Uh, and you know, their only vegan options are toast and hash browns. Yeah, I mean, it's like a bagel with peanut butter. I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, what I had. Make, you can make it work. It's not I, ideal, I always make it work. Yeah. It's not. It's not yeah. a challenge. It's just right. like it's it, it's become a game uh, constructing meals out of sides. Particularly up here. It's almost kind of fun to a degree. It can, I mean, it can I be. You yeah. want that whole kick with uh, for sure. your, your Taco Bell recipes, which was pretty Taco Bell cool. is really dope for Super dope that vegan you options. <laughs> like just an entire list of, there's yeah. all the substitutes, what sauces are good to go. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's a staple, obviously. Yeah, I've compiled a pretty, pretty <laughs> intensive resource just because some of the only food up here that I can get vegan, easy and cheap, is Taco Bell. I mean, $2.24 out the door. 
I've got a, a a bean burrito and a soft taco. It's probably going at vegan. like 700 calories, probably, approximately, I'm guessing. I think so. I think it's like a, uh, four to five, probably. I think really? the bean burrito is like oh. 300. Okay. And that's mostly because right, of the right, Fritos right, in right. there. Okay. Because if I just get the straight bean burrito instead of the... It's the beefy Frito burrito al fresco sub, which means that it, re- it removes all dairy-based. and cheese and sour cream I think, yeah and then also cream. the mayonnaise based sauces oh gotcha and then yeah. just sub yeah. the beef for beans black beans are what i do instead of like refried you can do potatoes but i usually like beans just because they're protein they're fat over just kind of something like um potatoes uh it's just nice but then i think that plugs out to like 300 some odd calories but this is starting to get into pedantry territory territory but the spicy potato tacos the other one it's a buck just substitute something for red sauce, which is actually a vegan sauce. So the beefy Fritos stock without any configuration is 440 calories. So I don't know if there's an easy way to mess with it, the configuration yeah. to see what it would be. But I could see it. it's at least 500 total between the two, which is oh, like a pr- pretty solid. It's a hefty that. meal. It, yeah. it fills me up. Uh, right. It's not necessarily good food, but it's food. Uh, <sighs> Decent it, macros, I'd say overall. I mean, like nothing is inherently bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, definitely, kind of in the in the vein of of being vegan in in a place that doesn't have a lot of vegan options. I cook a lot. I've cooked I've cooked a lot for a long time. Uh, my mom got me really into cooking at a very young age, uh, and I love her to death. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, like it sometimes can be hard to justify. Like Taco Bell is the only real one that's like okay, this is like two dollars and twenty four cents. If I'm just like feeling super lazy, I don't want to do anything. I just want someone to hand me food and leave. It's not going to be, you know, the best food out there, but it's going to be good enough. Oh, and uh, interesting. The um, vegan bean Frito burrito that I got specked out is 420 calories. Oh, that's not even. Wow. It's not terrible. Did you drop 20? I mean, that's 20. Yeah, but it's uh, obviously a lot of that just comes from the carbohydrates. Well, it's got 13 grams of protein, which is like, uh, you know, I'll take That's, it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah beans, great. Yeah, right. Stupid, yeah. Instead of, instead of the beef, which I'm actually going to take a look at, they seem to be absolutely equivalent for fat protein from the beef and the beans, which I will totally take. Um, the black beans, that is. The refried beans are slightly lower calories, but I'm pretty sure that would be a higher fat and whatever else. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's some good stuff. But anyway, I had food there overall was super good. Oh, um, yeah. The um, Cafe Bodega, I would say, is my highlight for food. I think, uh, like, personally for me, um, uh, shortly before we left, we, we went Ooh, to this coffee, coffee shop. Uh, Contrast Coffee Co. Yeah. Looking in the description and everything. I got this drink called the Apple Chider, which is half apple cider, half chai. I love them both. Apple cider is obviously in season right now as we're entering early November. Um, Definitely starting to dwindle here, but we still have a couple more weeks of it at least. Um, And it was just a really great combination. Nice and sweet, nice and warm. Just had a great tangy spiciness to Mm -hmm. it. They really complement each other. Um, Super well. That was just a really great drink. Well, Ryan, what you got, Christoph? I got, oh, I can't remember what they called it, but it was like a maple almond milk uh, latte, effectively. With, it had a, it was like espresso, almond It was almond espresso, milk, almond milk, and maple, maple syrup. syrup. Very good. Very, not too punchy, like a pretty deep tasting, yeah. not too sweet. The yeah. maple syrup have, it has a great flavor to it. While being sweet, but not having just a complete sugary taste right. to it. Something right. Very I was good. Very yeah. shocked at it because like all those ingredients would just make like a really super standard latte. Right. Like quite literally, it's just like it's espresso, foamed milk, and something else. In this case, maple syrup. But when I when we tried it, it was like almost savory. It was quite interesting. Uh, woody in in a in a very interesting but very flavorful way. Um, Ah, it was just, it was crazy. I, I would definitely say top 10 lattes I've ever had, ever, at Contrast. They had some really cool swag, some hats that I regret not yeah, buying. They're, uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're, obviously their website doesn't do it justice, but their their logo is really great. They're, mm-hmm. When you walk into the, uh, the the store itself, they're kind of, I don't even know what to call it. The thing on the wall, their menu, I guess, is just a really nicely designed high contrast obviously just black and white with these really great sort of uh black kind of uh squares i guess to add just like the minimal kind of 
Uh, it's a very modern design. Modern, flat, yes. minimal, almost almost brutalism in a sense, but just minus works. the concrete. Yeah. Minus the concrete, <laughs> yeah, and it's just uh, yeah, very. Uh, I love the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, Everything was all very. All the prices were great. Great. This, nothing about the swag that they sold was obscene at all. The hats um, were fifteen bucks. Yeah, it was I mean, a the five guy panel. that we talked to was super pleasant. Yeah. They had crepes going on. Oh, yeah. it was really really cool to check yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and just kind of a great way to <laughs> wrap up that whole experience. Have a great, nice, warm drink in my stomach. Um, yeah, because we ended up walking all all around. We stayed at this nice Airbnb. Yeah, uh, very gracious hosts. So pretty close to downtown. We walked everywhere. Maybe like ten minutes to downtown at most. Yeah, walk. Yeah, uh, we checked out the co-op. That was pretty. The cool. co-op was awesome. The co-op yeah. was huge as yeah, far as co-ops goes. Very large. Yeah, um, kind of in the same vein of being. Uh, all about sustainability and kind of like local stuff the co-ops are always uh, like a pretty cool thing to go out and we've kind of just made it a a point to try out co-ops when we go places um our local co-op is super awesome uh if if it were financially viable we do all our shopping there but for specialty items and some fun stuff we love hitting them up and enjoying their their fair also, all their like bulk stuff too. Is bulk just great. stuff, well, you know, obviously, like, yeah. Uh, that's financially oatmeal. I mean, I love granola. Yeah, it's like a sort of a cereal alternative, yeah. but it's denser, higher calorie, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just a just a great thing. Yeah, their bulk um, stuff is. I can't. I mean, like, you know, delis, it's the best. Yeah, whatever. They have a great beer selection too, which yeah. is completely irrelevant to being a co-op. <laughs> they just happen to have sure, great, yeah. great beer, alcohol, wine, whatever. Yeah. Actually, I don't think they sell any hard liquor there. They, oh, they only don't? do beer and wine. Okay, it's, I guess so. Like, then it's a licensing like, thing. Oh, sure. Because I guess I was. I mean, I guess I've seen enough mead there where like it's like yeah. eh, it feels like, like no, for sure. I don't know what the cutoff is for the alcohol content. It's, yeah, it's got to be like twenty percent. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's, that's a, a rough thing, guess. It's like that's also like how it's made. Like you could make correct a hard hitting beer yeah. or like a mead, and it's yeah. like <laughs> it's not hard liquor. Though. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, you'll get. God. You'll certainly get inebriated from it. Right. but Apparently, it's not. <laughs> a distilled alcohol yeah in some sense so very odd um but a, a stellar weekend uh linux has been rock solid which is awesome and uh, we've got some really cool stuff that we talked about description is chock full we got a bunch of links here. i'm looking at it right now bunch. we got a nice shared google doc here that we're just kind of all dumping kind of just a added stuff to stuff yeah yeah I mean, yeah, we've got, like, just reading down the line, uh, we talked about headphones, that's there. We talked about Gus and Eddie's podcast, that's there. USB stuff. Information for signal, other messaging stuff. The Wi-Fi stuff. thing, yeah. all that signal stuff. All that jazz. Um, Ordox, Black Rocks. The whole thing in Marquette with the weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty... So it's all there. So, like, it's really cool. So you could follow along, kind of some adventure stuff uh, in there, too. This was definitely a much more casual podcast episode than our last two but i would I think consider this is really what it's all about that's what i was just right. going to say i would consider this is a lot more of the format that we were kind of building up to where it's like a, probably a, almost a half and half like half talk about technical stuff and then kind of tangent into and kind of delve into like hey we're human beings we live we do stuff we do we try to live at least. yeah we try to live between you know uh, between uh, getting school slammed and with midterms sure. and assignments giving it that time of the year <sighs> but you know we're almost upon thanksgiving so yeah we're almost on thanksgiving that's great and then the semester is right around the corner Ooh. and then our final semester is right around that corner which is pretty freaking exciting yeah but i think uh, that's all i had to talk about today yeah i i, I think that's a great place to end already uh well We'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye.